Happy Easter. I, uh, I absolutely love this time of the year. I love the, the joy of uh, sunshine that's coming upon us as we've, as we've been enjoying the uh, spring weather. And uh, the flowers are blooming and the grass is growing. I love to mow the lawn. It just feels kind of good. Looks nice, especially after a good rain. And uh, <clears throat> I love this time of the year, especially Easter, because we can celebrate our risen Lord. And what a joy it is to do that together. But this year, I'm not sure if we can celebrate. I'll tell you why. This year, National Geographic News reported on February 26th of 2007 that Jesus' tomb was found in Israel. Quote, a tomb that once held the remains of Jesus of Nazareth and those of his wife Mary Magdalene and their son Judah have been found in the Jerusalem suburb of Tel Piat. In their study of ten ossuaries, the stone boxes used to hold the bones of the dead that were unearthed in 1980, there were inscriptions on the boxes with the names of Jesus and Mary, as well as a son, apparently, that came from them named Judah. And there was DNA tests that were done on tiny bits of tissue found inside that would suggest, indeed, that this cave was the final resting place of Jesus Christ. The evidence is compelling, says Jane Root, who is the CEO, president of Discovery Channel. She put out, along with James Cameron, a Discovery Channel special called The Lost Tomb of Jesus. James Cameron, some of you may know, is the producer of the Titanic And it would seem that Hollywood is coming in to say that Jesus definitely died and stayed in the tomb. It seems more to me like Hollywood is trying to cash in on the Jesus controversies that face our day. If Dan Brown can make millions upon millions with the Da Vinci Code, then the Discovery Channel wanted to get in on the religious controversies of the day. And so they decided to put out this movie. However, the real discoveries, as archaeologists who are well-respected in their field, they have come to claim that the, the assertions that have been made have no solid foundation, that they are absurd, false reporting, the tests are inaccurate. But James Cameron, producer of the Titanic, says... It doesn't get any bigger than this. And I'm here to say to Mr. Cameron, oh, it gets much bigger than this. Because we serve a big God. A big God, Mr. Cameron, that you never can produce. A God that is so powerful that he has brought his son and his son has risen from the dead. The world keeps trying to put Jesus in the grave. Century after century, trying to leave them there in the tomb. But there is nothing that can hold back the resurrection power of the living God. The one who was the creator of the universe. The one who breathed life 
into man. The one who burst open springs and poured out flood upon the earth. And then he created for us a rainbow out of a covenant of love. The one who towered over the uncomparable Babel as he looked down upon it. The one who placed Moses in Pharaoh's high court. The one who parted the Red Sea as he delivered Israel out of the bondage of slavery out of Egypt. The one who rained down manna from heaven. The one who consumed Mount Sinai in fire and revealed all the glory of God. The one who broke down the walls of Jericho and led his people into the promised land. The one who empowered Gideon and 300 men to defeat a Midianite army of over 20,000 as he crushed them in battle. Way before the movie 300 ever came out, God was at work in 300 men and defeated a massive army. The one who crushed a giant with a single stone from young David. The God who sent Nehemiah to the broken down walls of Israel and in 52 days restored the walls of Israel. The one who closes lions' mouths and covers Daniel in blazing fire. The one who has crushed the enemies of Israel. The one who came in the flesh, Jesus. The one who healed the blind and the lame and the sick. The one who touched the lepers. The one who cast out demons. The one who walked on water. The one who filled the nets full of fish. The one who calms the storms just by a word. The one who raises Lazarus just by speaking forth. The one who is a friend of all sinners and the only one who can forgive all sin. And we think that some stone is going to hold back this God of ours. No way. Because he is risen. Because that rock is his. And do you remember as Jesus was riding in Jerusalem, he said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will. And this is a big rock. And it was praising his name. And you can imagine the Roman soldiers are going, where's that music coming from? It's coming from his big stone. That's a rock concert if you ever wanted one. (laughs) Resurrection rock, we call it. And nothing can hold it back. Because our Christ is risen. But the enemies of God keep trying to say that he didn't rise. There is no God. He didn't come to this earth. He didn't die on the cross for sins. He did not rise up. Paul speaks to this in Corinthians 15 as people were trying again to keep him in the grave. He says, for what I received, I passed on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to scriptures and if there is no resurrection of the dead then not even Christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is useless and so is your faith more than that 
we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, in fact, if the dead are not indeed raised. For if the dead are not raised, if there is no resurrection, then Christ has not been raised either. And if he has not been raised from the dead, the scriptures say, then our faith is futile. We are still in our sin. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they are lost. And if only for this life, if for the here and now, if only for this life we have some hope in Christ, then we are to be the pity, the most pitied among all men. If it's not true, then we are to be the most pitied. Then why show up here? We're empty shells of people with no hope, with no forgiveness, with no life. We are like a church that gathers together in Washington, D.C. It's a group of uh, enthusiastic Episcopalians who do not believe in God. Kelly, the main leader, says, We love all the incense and we love the stained glass windows. We love the organ music. We love the vestments and all of that. It's, we love the drama. We love the aesthetics. It's the ritual. That's the neat stuff. And I don't want to give all of that up just because I don't believe in God. Why do we gather at all? Why do we follow the Lord Jesus? If it's all just about the banners and the music and just hanging out together, then let's just be a church that goes and eats pancake breakfast together, and that's really who we are. And life is about pancakes and syrup and good times with friends. But the scriptures go on in verse 20 of Corinthians 15. And Paul speaks strongly. The Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And he appeared to Peter and then he went to the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time in his resurrection body. Most of whom are still living, some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also, Paul says. But we still try to keep him in the ground. You know, we as followers of Jesus Christ, those of you and myself as we love Jesus, you know what, sometimes we still try to keep Jesus in the ground. There's no way this marriage can ever be healed. It's not possible. There's no way I can be forgiven of this sin that I've committed. There's no way I can keep living in this life that I have. There's no way God can mend my broken heart. That's keeping Jesus in the tomb. Because you have the holy living God who has come upon your life and the resurrection power of Christ within you. And guess what? He works in your life. And He heals you, heals your broken heart. He works right in the middle of your marriage. 
because God is risen. If he's dead, then there is no hope. Then just try to figure it out on your own because that's what you're left to. And again, the world wants to keep you there. There is no hope. There's nothing to look forward to. Let's figure out life on our own. Paul says, if we're going to live without the resurrection, then everything is about let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. We might as well just have a party today because tomorrow is the end of it all. Then our whole life is about accomplishing as much as we can today. Let us have the best life we can now. Let us try to figure it all out. And we definitely have to somehow deal with death so that it fits and so that we're comfortable with the fact that we all die. David Copperfield, the illusionist, the one who made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Do you remember that day? David Copperfield paid $50 million to buy a tiny island in South Bahamas because he's sure he has found there the fountain of youth. And what he has said is that I take dead leaves off the ground and I place them into the fountain and they regenerate and they come back green again. And I I found some insects and butterflies that were pretty much dead and I placed them in the fountain and and they flew off. I have found that which will bring me life. But there is no fountain that will deal with the death of your soul. And David Copperfield, there is nothing that you can do to make disappear the judgment of God which is coming upon each and every one of us. We all will face our Creator. And you can't just make that vanish. But we want to live life in our strength. If he didn't rise from the dead, then again, we make our own life. We, We make our rules and we try to make the day somehow work, don't we? So that we can cope. Cope with death, cope with what lies beyond this earth. And we try to face the day. And so like many millions, we end up buying the secret. Oprah says the secret is the key to life. And apparently Oprah again leads us in our religious, as we look for religious fulfillment, our society looks to her. And when we buy the secret, we truly have bought the lie. The remarketed power of positive thinking. That somehow, if we think good enough thoughts, it'll all work out. I will get what I want. But let me tell you and let you in on a little secret That is the real secret. There's a holy God who loves you. Yet you and I are a sinful people. And according to the God of the Bible, we cannot come into the presence of a holy God because our sin separates us out. For all of us sin and fall short of the glory of God and the wages of our sin, according to God, is death. Spiritual death. And yet God yearns for a relationship with us that he might offer us spiritual life. And as we fall short of the glory of God, of being in his presence, we need a bridge. We need some way to be able to come into relationship with God, who again longs for that relationship with us. He doesn't force that upon us. 
We need a Savior. And let me tell you a secret that was never meant to be a secret. Because it's God bursting through the heavens into the hearts of man. Which is that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. Each and every one of us. He took it on Him. Once and for all. And then he rose again. And he came to life and offered to each and every one of us, you and me, salvation, right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And the good news is, to each and every one, that gift of salvation is offered to you. And his name is Jesus And there is no other name by which man shall be saved. You see, Jesus didn't come saying, here I am, a good prophet. Let me speak forth some truth and hopefully it will help you in the prophecies of God. He didn't say I came to sit with the little children and and tell nice children's stories. He didn't say I came to give you some moral law so that you would have the chicken soup of Jesus on your bedside. And here's some good truth that would kind of help the day. The God of the Bible sent his son Jesus, and Jesus says this of who he is. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He will never be separate from God again. And then the question that Jesus asked to every one of us is, do you believe this? Do you believe that's why I came? That I came to seek the lost. I came to offer life to each and every one. I came to heal your broken heart. It's not the power of positive thinking that changes our life, but God through the resurrection power of his creation. And the truth of the resurrection is that it has changed life through the course of history, especially the history of our lives. And the truth is is that if you believe in him and if you receive Jesus Christ, if you invite, invite him to be Lord of your life, you will forever be changed. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You see, it's not a remodeled job. It's extreme makeover. God does a whole new house. And that's what he does with our lives. As we place our lives in Jesus and ask him to be Lord of our life. We know that he is no longer in the grave because he is in our lives. And he has transformed you and me. And those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ give testimony to the fact he has changed us. And he has given us life. We are permanently changed. He died on the cross for us. He rose again. And as we believe upon him, our sins are forgiven. We are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed forever. No more guilt. No more shame We are replaced with new life, new creation, salvation, which leads to peace. Again, that right relationship with God. Shalom. 
You are at rest because you've said, okay, Lord, I need you, a Savior. I can't do it by myself anymore. We are given hope for today and hope of heaven. Life forever with God because you and I, as we receive Jesus, are children of God forever. Once we are a child, we are always a child. That's true of our own children, and it sure is true of us as spiritual children of our loving Father. And the Scriptures say, if we have been united with Him like this in His death, that means if we put away our sin in Him, and He died for that, if we've been united with Him, we will certainly be united with Him in the resurrection. Do you believe this? That's the question for us all. Don't hold God back. Don't keep Him from changing your life. Because He does it forever. Don't keep Him in the grave. This very morning, the Scriptures say, Today is the day of salvation. And I just want to thank God this morning for His resurrection. And I want to pray for us together. And for those of you who don't know Jesus, Jesus is saying, Stop kicking against me. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. I didn't come just to be a good moral teacher. I came to be the Savior of your life. And the promise is, you will have new life. You will be changed forever. And so I want to pray, too, a prayer that you can pray with me to invite Christ into your life. There is no reason to wait. Because I know God is tugging on your heart because I know that's who our God is. God is at work in our midst. He is at work in this world. And so pray with me as we rejoice in who He is and as we invite Christ to work in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We don't even understand, we can't even believe we are in awe of the fact that You you died on the cross and You took all of our sin. Heavenly Father, thank You that You rose again that you're not in the tomb anymore. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you give us new life as we believe upon you. And Lord, right now I know that you are speaking to hearts of people in this church because I know you love them more than I ever could and I know that you've been ministering to them through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, right now, would you touch them with your presence? And if you feel God touching your heart right now to receive him, pray this with me. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for continually running away from you. Forgive me for not believing for my lack of faith. Forgive me for my anger toward you, for my doubt. Forgive me for sinning against you, O God. And so, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Be Lord of my life, I pray. Change me, Father. Make me new. Lord Jesus, thank you. I want to live for you. Help me, because I don't even know how to do that. Help me to walk with you this day, this Easter, 
in which you have indeed risen from the dead and your life has come into me. Thank you for life, Lord Jesus. Amen. There was a group in East Asia, in the jungles of East Asia, and missionaries wanted to bring the Jesus movie into this tribe. And so they brought the Jesus movie in the language of the tribe, and they, they brought it in. And you've got to imagine it was a people who had never even heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And more than that, they had never seen a motion picture. This was all new to them. And so as they started to play the movie... There was this man, Jesus, who loved little children and he would heal the man with leprosy and, and he cast out demons and he healed the blind man and he, and he had people rise up and they were overwhelmed with joy. And then all of a sudden, as the picture went on, these wicked men came and they grabbed Jesus and they started to beat him and, and flog him. And the tribe went crazy and they rose up off the ground and they started to attack the screen and they... They shouted at the screen, stop this! And it wouldn't stop. And so then they went to the missionary who was running the video projector, and they went over to him, they started to literally attack him. And the other missionary was like, no, 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 stop! There's more to the story. And they calmed him down, and they had him sit down. And again, the floggings went on, and, and they were raging inside, and they couldn't believe the injustice for this man. And then came the crucifixion, and once again... They rose up and cried out against the crucifixion. And there was pandemonium in the camp. And they said, no, no, stop, sit. There's still more to the story. And so they continued to watch. And again, they were enraged at the injustice. And they couldn't believe it. And he was put in this tomb and and nailed to this cross. And they continued to watch. And they saw the women go to the tomb. And he was no longer there. And then they saw him appear to his disciples in his resurrected body. And once again, the tribe rose up and they started shouting. And and they were trying to understand what was going on. They were shouting and they were, all of a sudden, they were embracing one another. And they were slapping each other on the backs and there were smiles on their face. And the missionaries didn't stop the movie this time. And they didn't stop them because they had seen and they had experienced the love of God and Christ came into their lives and they could do nothing but rejoice because He was risen and He was risen indeed in their lives and their lives were changed forever. Amen? That's what we celebrate this morning. Rise up with me and let's sing to the Lord.